All right. I have an exciting privilege for you all this morning. I'm going to invite up the wonderful Kate Connor. Can we please give her a round of applause? She's going to be sharing her story with us all the way from Christchurch and living in Gisborne for how long? A couple of years. And uh, you may have seen her if you had to go to the hospital (laughs) Uh, because she works there. And um, it's just been so awesome getting to know Kate. And I am so excited for you to get to know her a little bit more in this moment now too. So give her a round of applause. Um, as Kirk was saying, I'm Kate, and I've just been coming to this church for a few months now, um, but I moved to Gisborne at the start of last year after I graduated. Um, so I applied for a job in Gisborne without ever having been here and without knowing a single person here, um, and then just moved when I got the job. So as you can imagine, it's been quite an interesting time. Um, I, when I first thought about what I was going to say today, I thought of how I wanted to give a couple of stories of how God has answered my prayers. Um, but as I thought about it more, instead I kind of came up with this disjointed, messy talk um, that shows what's been happening with my faith recently. So last year was probably the hardest year spiritually of my life. I grew up in a Christian home in Christchurch, went to a Christian school, and then when I moved to uni, I found a great church and had lots of great Christian friends and flatmates there. Um, I'm obviously too quiet. (laughs) It's going louder. Um, And so then when I moved to Gisborne, it was quite quite a change. I had a lot of good non-Christian friends, but not really many Christians around me, and my faith really struggled. I've always found that God really answers my prayers um, and meets me where I am. And last year, this just didn't seem to be the case. Sometimes I think I'd hear things from God and they'd contradict each other and I was just a bit confused. I felt so separate from God and weak in my faith. Um, Interestingly, during this time, I also felt a really deep compassion for the people around me that weren't Christian and really sad that they probably would never know God. Um, I'm still confused about how I could struggle so much with my own faith, but still feel such a compassion for others around me at the same time. At the start of this year, I went on a trip with friends and had dinner at one of their grandma's places at the end of the trip. She was a strong Christian and was telling us a story about how God saved everyone at a missionary school she was um, volunteering at from a terrorist attack. It was a really powerful testimony, and hanging on her wall beside the table was a sign that said, be still and know that I am God. But I couldn't actually see all of the words on it, and what I read was, how can you still not know that I am God? It came to me as such a gentle voice that I almost cried. So earlier this year, I sat a really hard exam for work. It's one that has a massive curriculum, and usually only about half of people pass it. So I studied for seven months for it, and in the last three months, I was working about 70 to 80 hour weeks when you added in work and study. Um, It was genuinely awful. (laughs) Although I knew it was temporary and had a fixed end point, it sucked all the joy out of my life. I studied, went to work in church, watched TV and slept, and that was literally all I did. I felt completely hopeless, knowing that even though I was working so hard, it might just all be for nothing. And during it, I felt like I was also just a worse person, like unable to be as good at my job, to be as good a friend or a good family member either. 
I was pretty exhausted and felt like a failure for much of it. I did read my Bible almost every day, mostly because it was one of the only things I let myself do outside of study. And honestly, it brought me little comfort at the time. But over that period, my faith grew and flourished. And I think that was partially because I had to rely on God so much in that time. And I passed the exam. <laughs> um, so when I was in year three, I decided that my favorite Bible verse was the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. And um, the one and only reason I decided that was my favorite was because it was the only one I could remember. <laughs> um, but honestly, I stand by it for a couple of reasons. One, I can still remember it. And two, more importantly, I think his creation is one of the most amazing demonstrations of his love to us. Sometimes when I was struggling last year, the only time I truly felt close to God was when I was attempting to surf and was in the beauty of his creation. There in the ocean, I finally felt like I could be near him. So this is kind of a random story that I don't particularly feel like sharing, but it came to mind when I was praying about today and I couldn't really get it out of my head. So I normally try and look kind of nice when I go to church because, to be honest, I often put in pretty minimal effort during the week. And, and so I see it as kind of like my one time to try a bit. I recognize that I may not look like I've tried very hard today, um, but I promise you I can look much, much worse. <laughs> and I was thinking about this one time before church, and I was like, you know what? That's not really what church is about. Not that it's bad to look nice or anything, but that's just not where my priorities should be. I'd been struggling to get anything out of the sermons from church, like I'd come away and just not remember anything that had been said. And so I thought I'd try something new. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but this is what I did. I deliberately dressed as badly as possible. <laughs> I wore an old hoodie with my old fat pants, broken slides and socks. I found it interesting how reluctant I was to do it. Even though I knew no one would care, I was so embarrassed at the thought of looking as bad as I could. But I did it as a way to surrender to God, as a way of realigning my priorities and showing him that I truly was willing to put him first in my life, even in dumb little things like that. And honestly, it was the best sermon I'd heard in a long time. <laughs> I also got the added bonus of sending a picture of my outfit to my teenage sister, who was horrified. <laughs> so really, I'd call that a win-win. <laughs> I thought I'd just end with some stories of how God has answered some specific prayers for me. I have to say that though I have so many examples of times God has answered prayers, I also have a lot of examples of times when it hasn't been a yes. When I was little, I read this book. I can't remember anything about it, like whether it was fiction or non-fiction or anything. But I remember it talked about this lady and how she couldn't open a jar of something. So she prayed that she'd be able to open it, and then she could. And from then I was like, well, if she can pray about jam jars, I can pray about anything. And I think it's so easy to limit God to what we believe he should look like, but he's often so much more than we can ever imagine. So last year, the starter motor in my car was having a bit of trouble. It wasn't super reliable at starting. But I'd always prayed when it wouldn't start, and it would eventually just start for me. <laughs> then one time I had friends visiting for the weekend, and the car just stopped and wouldn't start. 
I keep reassuring them it does this all the time and I just pray and then it starts and it's all good. And I thought this would just be such a good demonstration of my faith, <laughs> but it wouldn't start. <laughs> I'm still not quite sure why God didn't help me get it started then of all times. It actually wouldn't even jump start. It had to be toe started by A. And then I drove it to the mechanic, and of course, once I got there, it started beautifully and was working amazingly. So I decided to risk it and see how long I could get away with it for. This meant only parking in places where I thought I had a chance of being able to push start it, <laughs> which is actually quite the experience. Really makes you consider your parking choices, because you've got to be slightly downhill and with a run-up. <laughs> It also really raises the stakes with stalling it. The possibility of stalling in front of traffic and not being able to start it again is a unique layer of stress to driving. <laughs> and during this time, I prayed that when it did stop working, that it would be on a weekday, because it's easier to get to a mechanic then. Not before work, because that would be annoying. Not after a late shift, not on a rainy day, and not when I had anything else to do after work. And a few weeks later, that's exactly what happened. I think this story shows that God is a God of details and a God who cares about the tiny little things, even when he's also got the big picture in mind. So in my last summer break of uni, I wanted to do something different. I'd always just worked as much as I could to try and earn a bit of money, but I wanted a bit of a change. So I prayed about it and ended up going to Vanuatu for a few weeks. I volunteered at a, couple, at a clinic for a couple of weeks and then um, had a holiday for a week and went and visited some missionaries. I don't claim to have done anything of significance during that trip, but it did truly feel like the whole trip was blessed and it opened my eyes to the idea of longer term serving in the future. I hadn't been able to line up a job for when I got back and I arrived back in Christchurch on the, a weekend a couple of weeks before Christmas. On Monday, I started looking for a job and applied for anything I could possibly find. I'm pretty sure I even applied for a job in a fishing gear shop, even though I hate fishing, and would have, without a doubt, been absolutely useless. I door knocked, I went to old bosses, I went to recruitment agencies, but there was just nothing around. There was even one recruitment agency I took my CV to, where the lady just looked at me and said, honestly, don't even leave your CV, we've got nothing. So it got to Wednesday. I'd been looking for a job for two whole days. And like the patient person I am, <laughs> I was fed up. I was just spending five minutes with God at the start of the day. And I said, God, I feel like I honoured you by going to Vanuatu. But now I don't have a job. I've been looking, but I can't find anything. If you want me to have a job, then can you please just send me one? Otherwise, I'll just do something else. I got up from bed and went to get a drink of water and came back to my phone five minutes later, and I'd missed a call. I had an interview that day, another the next, and started a full-time job that Friday. I paid a dollar over minimum wage, there were lots of Christians working there, and they offered me even more work than I could take at the end of the summer. I think God really honours our prayers when they come from a place of trying to live our lives in his will. I've just got one more story, kids. I know I'm reaching the 11-minute threshold where they lose the plot. Um, so the other summer, I went and kayaked the Abel Tasman with some friends. It was such a cool experience, and I was so excited to just spend some time in the water and on the beaches. I really like orchids, 
and they're sometimes around the Abel Tasman, so I prayed that I'd see one, honestly, just because I thought it would be cool. I remember praying and being like, God, I know this is not a selfless prayer or one that furthers your kingdom in any way, but honestly, it would just bring me a bit of joy. So we kayaked for three days and saw like maybe one dolphin hundreds of metres away and some seals, but honestly, there's a million seals in the South Island, so I was unimpressed. And then we walked for a day and saw nothing. And the last part of the trip was taking a water taxi back to the starting point. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep my eyes absolutely peeled. It probably won't happen, and I know it doesn't really matter, but this is the last chance to see an orca. And sometimes I imagined a wave could be a tail for a second, but there was just nothing. I was so disappointed, but was also thinking, you know, I probably could have spent that time praying for something a little bit more important. We took the little tractor back to the water taxi company and hop off the boat. And this lady starts yelling, there's orca, there's orca. So we run to the road and look across the estuary and there's like a little a mum and a baby calf and another one jumping along there. And it brought me so much joy. I'd given up because I thought that God hadn't answered my prayer within the time limit, but he did. It was just in his timing. Although I know I've shared a real mismatch of stories today, I think they all show different ways that God has revealed his love and character to me. And I have so many more stories of of ways that God has answered my prayers. It truly never stops amazing me how he continually seeks a relationship with us and cares about all the teeny tiny details in our day-to-day lives. Thanks.